This is the program that really gets you thinking. Welcome to Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. Here's the guy who asks all the right questions. Your host, Ralph DeLugas. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our show this week. We have a very special 9-11 edition. And, but not to worry, we're not going to talk a lot of 9-11 stuff because if you're listening to the Loving Liberty Network, you probably already have a pretty good head full of all of that. But I want to talk a little uh, deep history, uh, way back history of uh, where 9-11 comes from. Um, I also wanted to, uh, we're, I mean, I'm talking way back, like the Garden of Eden and the time uh, thereafter. Uh, just to give you a little teaser, we we'll probably won't get into this till the second segment, but I'm wondering how many of you out there knew that Cain was actually the very first person, we're talking Cain, that slew Abel. And this isn't just Bible talk. This is also according to uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. This is according to Sumerian texts, lead plates found in ancient Mesopotamia. This is really interesting stuff. But Cain is the first person on earth to start making money. He was a, a metal worker because the earth stopped producing. Uh, he was originally, as those of you that know the story, he was a, uh, a farmer and his brother uh, Abel was a sheep herder and uh, he was jealous and wanted his brother's sheep. And so he was the first murderer. But after he was, uh, after he was darkened, shall we say, let's, just say that, um, that um, the earth stopped producing for him. So he turned to uh, blacksmithing. He was a, 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 metal, a metal worker, I guess, and uh, was the first person after harvesting gold and whatnot to produce the first currencies on earth and became a banker. Isn't that amazing? And that's actually what he did. He started financial institutions, lended money. Um, I thought this is, we'll talk about it in detail. I think it's really interesting stuff. Um, before we get to that, we have a few news articles this week. Um, let me pull up. I guess first, first I kind of wanted to talk about many of you, and I know this is, we're also on K-Talk Radio, and um, there's been much made about the, uh, the LDS Church um, essentially coming out and saying, yeah, uh, weapons are prohibited. I, I can't remember how the exact changes. The, 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 our chapels are a place of peace, and... Uh, uh, no one's allowed to bring any weapons in unless they're law enforcement. Basically, that's paraphrasing. And um, I got to admit, like many of you, I was not pleased to hear that, especially that verbiage. I I would love to hear a little more about it, um, an explanation as to why, because it makes me feel less safe like many of you sitting in a church. I know it's probably incredibly rare and a slim chance that that could ever happen, but if it ever did... I don't really want to hide my family behind a hymn book and hope that it stops the bullets. But, but I, uh, I I love my church. I'm a member of that church, and I uh, and I trust the the man at the helm and the quorum of the twelve. I don't know if this came from them. I wish they would elaborate on it a bit. But like many of you, I've heard all sorts of uh, bold statements from my uh, fellow church going friends. Um, uh, some that are even not going to attend church now because of this. That is definitely not the route that I would go. Um, there's nothing that keeps me from my taking the sacrament on Sunday morning, I can tell you that. But um, especially a sinner like me that needs it so badly, right? But uh, I have heard a lot of uh, good brothers say, you know, well, too bad. I'm, you know, those are my Second Amendment rights, which, you know, I mean, technically it is private property. You don't have, you don't have a right to carry your firearm into a 
private property if the owner of that property says no, but you know, this is a church that we all pay for. So, I mean, I get how they feel that way, but I just want to bring to their attention. And if you're, if you feel the same way, I want to remind you of something that we talked about a few months ago. This is a, a story that was first, uh, the best, the best reporting on the story was channel four news. Weird, because they seem to here locally anyway in Salt Lake City. Utah Attorney General wants to beta, uh, beta test body scanners that detects concealed weapons. Um, I looked into this. This is not a Utah threat. This is a Canada and a United States threat, and I would suspect a worldwide threat. This is a new technology hooked to artificial intelligence. And um, the thing, oh, there's a lot of things that really irk me about this. I'm going to just – you know, and the, and the weird thing is this article was really hard to find. I Googled and Googled. Well, I didn't use Google. I used DuckDuckGo. But um, I looked and looked and looked. I could not find this article. I had to go back to uh, uh, Channel 4 News and their archives and finally found it. But um, according to this company called Liberty Defense, uh, which is not the company that actually manufactures this, um, Hexwave is the name, brand name of this. And, you know, back when this happened, when this was, when this news first broke, um, I studied it a bit and looked at some of the images that this uh, technology produces. And this is x-ray technology. This is x-ray imaging technology. And according to this article, MIT or the University of the FBI claims it's completely safe, but that's really the only thing they offer you other than this one statement. Um, Hexwave is capable of providing accurate screening suited for facilities, blah, blah, yada, yada. Uh, the radio frequency signals that are used are 200 times less powerful than the Wi-Fi that you use in your home. Um, now, now, many of you might not be energy um, nerds like me, but this is the kind of thing that I've like spent most of my life studying. I love energy. What, what is it? How does it propagate through, through, uh, what I would say is the ether, so on and so forth. That statement is utterly ludicrous. That is like saying, uh, these radio frequency signals are 200 times less powerful than a yoke of oxen. I'm serious. It is that ridiculous. The Wi-Fi in your home is a high-frequency millowave that carries information. Uh, and to compare it to uh, X-ray imaging technology wave or whatever is comparing an apple and an orange. Those of you that don't know what a yoke pair of oxen is, an ox is like a – what is an ox, Ryan? An ox is like a bull that drinks a lot of government fluoridated water. Um, that's a, that's a good, we'll call that, that'll be our good kindergarten description of an ox. An ox is a bull. But anyway, um, so that statement is ludicrous. I emailed these guys back then and the Hexwave company that makes this and kind of honestly called them out on it saying, look, if you're going to put this in schools and churches and everywhere else, you owe us an explanation because to, to look through folders and briefcases and clothing and in, in through human tissue uh, you, you can actually see the bones of the fingers and stuff. It's not quite as uh, clear as uh, maybe the x-ray that you would get uh, at the dentist or something, but it is definitely uh, penetrating human flesh. So how to do that with an energetic uh, particle or wave 
and not damaged tissue, hey, if you've invented a way to do it, great, but let's see the data. Let's see how, what's the wattage, what, what's the magnetometer you're using, et cetera, and so forth, right? Um, of course, I've got no answer. So I have to say I think these guys are lying, in my opinion. I don't think this is safe in any way. And to put this in homes and churches is disgusting just from a health standpoint, in my opinion. But additionally, and what my point was in bringing this back up is – and for them to report this for uh, Attorney General Reyes, who, in my opinion, has absolutely no idea what the Constitution really says, for him to say he's quoted as saying that this is uh, totally within the bounds of the Constitution and that we're going to uh, buy this technology and use it to try and get ahead of the bad guys. Um, and we're going to always do this so long as it stays within the confines of the Constitution. Excuse me, Attorney General Reyes, to search every single human being with your creepy X-ray artificial intelligence technology that walks into a school public place with your hidden X-ray technology creepy device. That's within the Constitution. That's within the Fourth Amendment. Where is the where's the sworn affidavit in front of a judge? Where's the probable cause? Where is anyway? I get a little excited about this. Sorry, but um. Yeah, so this is – my point was I would be very surprised. I would be shocked if this isn't uh, everywhere in, in uh, throughout Utah. And um, something to think about if you're going to continue carrying at church, um, whatever church or wherever you carry, um, something to think about. So anyway, uh, spend a little more time on that than I meant to. And we're coming up against the break here. Let me see if I can get to a couple other news stories because I wanted to spend you – know, um, let, let me, uh, this is kind of a fun one. Uh, one of the places I like to get my news from, uh, is a place called suspect sky. They're, they're, they're just some really good, uh, um, engineers and such over there. And one of them has found an amazing, uh, probably the best place to find this would be go to, go to suspect sky, but this is a 1000 foot, uh, in diameter, I guess you could say a face in Antarctica. Many of you know that there are pyramids throughout Antarctica. There is no question in my mind that there is a civilization up there under the snow. Uh, probably more evidence of the crustal shift that we have talked about before. But this one's pretty cool. Um, you can find it on Google Earth. Uh, maybe I'll announce the coordinates here. I think I've got that written down somewhere. But it looks like the face of a, of a human being. It, it's proportionate. The, the five dimensions are throughout the face. Really interesting stuff. More proof of civilizations on um, Antarctica. The rest of these stories we will talk about after the break. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody, welcome back after that long and arduous break. Just kidding. Um, I want to talk briefly. Well, one thing I want to mention first, um, something I don't ever hear anywhere. We are in week 42 of the Yellow Vest protests in France. Um, it is amazing to me. I'm looking at a, a website that someone has put together in France of all the different Yellow Vest protests that are planned for this weekend. I'll bet there's I bet there's 50. Um, there are still hundreds of thousands of people turning out 
every week for these uh, protests. And it's just so bizarre. It's just another testament of just how state controlled our media is that you just don't hear anything about it anymore and have it for a long time in our media. Um, another article I wanted to spend a little more time on, an Arizona lawmaker, I wish we had a Utah one like this, uh, has proposed a bill that all ingredients and all side effects must be disclosed on any vaccine. Um, I have to ask the question, why don't we already have that, right? Like you can't buy a piece of food in the grocery store without all the ingredients being there by law, right? Why is it that they can give you a vaccine and just pinky promise that it's good for you and just say, trust us, and then inject it in, into our kids? Why don't we have that? Um, seems a little weird to me that this Arizona lawmaker, I'm sure this probably won't pass. And if I recall correctly, I think you can request it from the doctor, but who knows what they're really going to tell you. And, and they're definitely not required by law to tell you everything that's in it. So... I don't want to go down the vaccine road too hard and heavy here. In my mind, vaccine bad. Um, I wish I could say I was always that way, and I wish I could say my kids didn't get all the whatever it is, 50 different vaccines. But going forward, they will definitely get no more. Um, another uh, article here, which I found almost as disturbing. This is on um, oh, what news agency is this? The top's cut off, but basically uh, Silicon Valley is building a Chinese-style social credit system. Um, they're working on uh, all the groundwork where you can get better uh, if, if you're based on your social credit. And I think most of you have probably heard how the Chinese are working this. You can't travel. Uh, you don't get the good jobs, the good opportunities. You don't even get the same amount of shopping time, etc. if you're not considered a good little citizen. Um, very reminiscent of, of Nazi Germany. Um, it's going on now in China. And if we think it's not coming here and if these plans aren't already laid and in motion, well, I'm afraid we're going to be sadly mistaken. And tied to that article, another one here that I found on MRC, um, big government politicians creep closer to mandating mandating, mind you, 24-7 uh, surveillance in all new manufactured cars in America. Um, uh, keen automobile expert Eric Peters has sounded the alarm to a bill which many Americans are unaware, and the information and its ramifications are even more disturbing than the tortured title of the bill. Representative Peter King, uh, Republican New York, and Jan... Schwarkowski, uh, Democrat, Illinois, recently tried to jumpstart the Helping Overcome Trauma for Children Alone in Rear Seats Act. Isn't that funny? It's always to save the children, right? I got to read that again. The, uh, the uh, Helping to Overcome Trauma for Children Alone in Rear Seats Act or Hot Cars Act. Um, yes, this, this is to save the children. We need 24-7 surveillance in every car, audio and video, just in case you forgot and left your kid in the back seat. Um, you can probably see where I'm going on this. I don't want to burn a ton of time on it either. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Um, how they could make that, a law, that law and still somehow magically stay within. So as we can see here, the Constitution isn't just hanging by a thread. They're, they're blatantly shattering it, sledgehammering it, doing everything they can, putting it under their feet, um, which is bringing me up to what uh, our main topic for today. I was listening 
I listen to some weird things. I spend way too much time at work because I live in semi-slavery working for uh, the government. I'm a small business owner. So uh, I get a lot of chances to listen to a lot of stuff. And as I've been pondering 9-11, being an, an, uh, an engineer, mechanical engineer that worked a lot in aerospace, uh, this is always a troubling time of year for me. Um, and I have to admit, I wholly believed the George Bush uh, Cheney narrative for a decade. Um, I was I, I was extremely moved by 9-11, and I knew – I think that we saw – that we all saw our life before we came here. We kind of helped, helped the good Lord plan our life, and I think when we have those deja vu moments, those just like stark – I mean I know that was a big event, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I, I know this is one of those moments. I had that same feeling, to be honest with you, at the uh, at the Bun Bundy uh, – the Oregon, uh, I can't think of the name of the ranch, the the bird refuge right now. But when I heard that story, Mal, Mal here, Mal, um, when I saw that, you know, and that wasn't like some worldwide epic story like 9-11, but I knew that was a turning point in my life. And that's when I started to question not only what what um, the liberal media was saying, but I started to question what people like Glenn Beck and Fox News were saying. And um, anyway, um so, like, honestly, when I look at the NIST reports and the 9-11 Commission reports, to me, those reports are just so preposterous. They're, they're akin to, like, saying that they went to the Grand Canyon, dropped a bowling ball over the side, and it fell up. Like, they are almost that just in direct violation of the laws of physics that, that uh, a massive 140,000 KSI yield strength column, six feet by four feet by two inches thick in H-beam, 184 of them could be severed by this pop riveted together flying machine. It's just ludicrous. So anyway, this is a tough time of year for me, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. You guys know the facts and can make up your own decisions. Um, when I was watching this like 30, 40 year old video uh, by a guy named Dr. Hugh Nibley um, uh, on the book of Enoch. Um, something really jumped out at me as he talked about Cain. Well, well let, let me let me just pick up the story um, as he tells it. And the, the, the sources for this are because some of you might be wondering where I'm pulling all this information. This is all from his lecture. He is a very respected, uh, world renowned uh, historian and uh, just a brilliant man. Many, many books, very well published, very well respected. These are from the lead, lead plates found in Mesopotamia, also stone plates found there. The Book of Enoch, uh, as found from many sources, probably considered widely by most uh, to be the most reliable, those that were found in 1952 in the uh, caves, um, which coincidentally were uh, kept by uh, by uh, Father Millock from the Rockefeller Institute, and they, they were hung on to there for 27 years before we got them. But anyway, um, I want to talk about Cain. We know the story, what happened with, with Abel. Well, from there, he was um, cast out from that group, went down to the plains, um, probably around like Iraq area, somewhere in there, uh, Mesopotamia area, and he became a... Uh, a miner, essentially, he began to work, uh, work the billows and 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 smelt, so to speak, and do all that sort of thing. Well, as he accumulated gold, um, according to these ancient texts, he became the first person to uh, 
come up with a money system. He was the first printer of an actual currency on earth that we have record of. And then um, as he became more skilled in this and as he put this whole plan together, and we know who his uh, – he was a nomad at first uh, wandering through the land of uh, Nod, N-O-D, is, I guess is the, uh, it was east of where uh, – the Garden of Eden was, and from where the uh, descendants of Seth and Adam were dwelling, uh, up in a mountainous area, is according to this record. He invented the first money system and invented institutions where money was dispersed and where money was lent from. So Cain was a banker. I mean, does that not make total sense? I can envision him to this day in world banking rooms appearing up, appearing and uh, still ruling over his favorite little evil cabal the banking system i shouldn't say that but um i know there's a lot of good bankers out there but you guys you guys follow what i'm saying right so anyway kane um uh we're gonna take this after the break we're out of time and we'll finish soon Thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are talking about. Cain today, and, and um, on, on kind of a side note, I guess, I, I wanted to mention, too, um, about Cain, and uh, it's actually something I thought about talking about before. Um, as you guys well know that I'm a big uh, believer in uh, one of the best history books, especially ancient history books we have, called the Bible, as well as the Torah. Um, I believe the Quran also has a lot of good same information. I can't say I've ever read that um, book, and I haven't read the Torah either. But um, I, as I understand it, the Torah is the first five books. And I have a, a friend that's a, a member of the Islamic faith that tells me that they have uh, similar stuff in the Quran. Um, but these are uh, this this is uh, history, and Cain, who. Um, who was uh, recruited by Lucifer, um, actually has great power. He, um, he became a, if he hasn't already, he will become a Satan because he chose evil. And this is a battle that will go on long after this world is over, good and evil. Um, this shouldn't really be too shocking, I don't think, to most people. But because he actually had a body, something that Lucifer will never have, he actually has the potential to become far even more powerful. And I actually, I, th I, I know, I want to say someone in in, uh, in my church's history claims to have seen Cain. I can't remember that story, but I have actually a personal friend that uh, that I very much trust that actually had a run-in with Cain. He's around, and he's, uh, he's leading evil to this day. I don't think most of us have to spend much time worrying about running into him. I, hopefully he doesn't choose to come visit me or, or you, Brian, but he's there. This, this is no joke. Uh, evil is no joke. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, the point that I want to drive home without getting too too weird on y'all. Um, that uh, Yeah, I, I've actually spoken to an eyewitness that has tried to describe the evil that pours out of this 
this jerk. Um, so anyway, back to a little history um, on our world's first banker, uh, Kane. He um, left and started uh, several cities. It became him and Tubal Kane and, and Yuval and the other people that we know that he hung out with. These were some of his children, other sons of Adam. You know, I think I, we tend to think of Adam and the people that came from Adam and Eve, it's kind of like some small little tribal thing. But just think for a minute, just for perspective, how many people were living in the United States 100 years ago? And how many were living in the United States 200 years ago? How about South America 200 years ago, 300 years ago versus the hundreds of millions that live there today, right? In 300 years, how much has the population exploded? Well, this in this particular uh, time, not only was the population exploding, but these people didn't die. These people lived to be 900 years old. Um, so when we say Cain built cities, we're talking cities like with, I believe, millions of people in it. Um, there were 30,000 statues uh, so far found in some of these ancient areas where we believe the Canaanites lived, uh, dating back to, according to this report, uh 5,500 to 4,500 BC. I think that date might be a little bit off, but um, very ornate, very intricate, precious metals, um, extremely skilled and advanced. Uh, many thousands of years before Egypt even came into being, uh, were these Cain's people? I would say yes. Um, so, so anyway, they came, uh, they started many cities, while Seth and uh, Adam and their they're, let's say, more righteous people, less less uh, people that didn't have banking systems, lived up in the mountains. Kind of interesting. Cain uh, uh, and Tubal-Cain, they also invented instruments. Um, described in some of these ancient writings as very loud, uh, rocking music. So these guys rocked, I guess, uh, gyrating, dancing to the music. So I guess you could say these guys were also the first dirty dancers. Um, so these two civilizations continued to grow uh, near each other, the Sethians and the Canaans. Um, the Sethians lived up in these uh, what, what these uh, records called the holy places, the mountains. Um, uh, the main center, according to Hugh Nibley, is the mountain um, of uh, it's called the mountain of the cave of treasures. Uh, Hugh elaborates and says he believes this is the hill Cumorah, and this is uh, some of the many records that were seen in that hill by. Um, a young guy named Joseph Smith and, and uh, his companion. But they lived in these uh, plains and uh, eventually, um, over many, many years, the Canaanites started began to attracting some of the people down from their high places with loud music and dancing. Um, they came down and they saw fancy jewelry, all the fineries, clothing, etc. Um, and eventually, over time, um, all of the, the 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 good folks that were living up in these uh, holy places came down. I know, to me, this story was so fascinating because, like, this is a this is something that we hear over and over and over again. I think um, I, I thought thought back to a Book of Mormon story I read about a a Lahontai coming down and and whether it's whether it's physically or just metaphorically. Um, it is so important to not not come down and be lured in by immorality um, on so many levels. But anyway, back to our story here. Um, it wasn't too many hundreds of years that most of the people became uh, 
came to live in these uh, plain areas, and there was only a small community left living in the mountains uh, with Seth, and Seth is still alive. Um, eventually, he had a son named uh, Mahalio, and then Jared, uh, whose name means coming down, and Jared was the father of Enoch, um, and many of you know who Enoch was. Down in these plains, the records say there was all kinds of immorality. And, and the other thing that really kind of leapt out at me is all the accounts of giants. Um, I've talked before about giants, and I have to admit I took quite a bit of flack from f friends and family that think I'm crazy for believing in this. But I absolutely can tell you guys that I believe this is true. Um, there are way too many accounts. You see it in the Bible. You see it in other scriptures. You see it in all these ancient texts. There are so many accounts of people that work for uh, the BLM where a, a washout has happened. And all of a sudden there's these massive 10, 12, 15 foot tall skeletons and in swoops the CIA with their metal detectors and nobody can bring phones in or out while they're excavating it. I've actually talked to a gentleman whose niece uh, was on one of these digs. And uh, also the same, actually, Jonathan Gray was was another one that said that he, he has spoken eyewitnesses that say there are massive 100,000 square foot um, levels at the Smithsonian where there is just nothing but artifacts from giants, giant swords, giant uh, um, armor, skeletal remains from giants. So this, this matches uh, well with what the Bible says. And um, back in these days, I think most of these folks were just a lot bigger. Not only did they live a lot longer, for whatever reason, I don't know if the earth was just um, more temperate then or, or what allowed this to happen, but we also see in the geographical record, uh, I, I think on a prior podcast, I talked about roly-polies that were some three feet in diameter and stuff. And um, I think I can hear Brian snickering in the background, but... <laughs> This is fact. And, um, of course, science would say these ha this happened billions and billions of years ago. But no, no, it didn't happen billions and billions of years ago. It happened. It happened a few thousand years ago. Um, so anyway, um, something else I found kind of interesting. Um, uh, the same guy named Joseph Smith, who many of you might recognize his name that or of the same faith as me, he some 120 years before these uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. He talked about I'm going to I'm going to mess these names up. Mahuja and Mahija. Does, does that sound familiar, Brian? You recognize those names and the stories from them. Um, it's kind of a lot to talk about in such a short little context. And I I haven't shared all the references for some of these things just because we only have 30 something minutes to talk about all these things. And uh, if you guys want to go and hear more of this in detail, I would recommend listening to some of these old Hugh Nibley. It's really interesting and it's a lot more a lot more educational than listening to anything that CNN or Fox News has to say, in my opinion. But so anyway, um these uh these ancient uh Mahuja Mahija, um the stories that, that they uh what happened to them in their lives were described accurately by Joseph Smith some hundred and twenty years before it came to light. And uh the uh, a man named uh, Matthew Black worked with Father uh, Millick on these Dead Sea Scrolls and interpreted them. And um, even he admitted, I, I can't explain how this Joseph Smith guy knew all these things, but someday it'll come to light. But kind of an interesting side note. We're going to wrap up talking about Cain and bring this back into our day after the break.
All right, everybody, welcome back to our final segment. Um, we were talking about Kane. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Kane is undeniably the very first uh, printer of money and world banker that uh, that uh, there was on the earth. And um, his evil uh, remains to this day, as many of you know. And this kind of all got me thinking when I th- look back at, at Jared and the descendants of Seth and how they came down and what lured them down. I think there's a pretty uh, stark and very important message to us here today. Um, I'm reminded of a quote while I was uh, sitting through that last break that I want to share because I think it's it's more pertinent today than it ever was. And it's by one of my I have lots of favorite founders. Pretty much all of them are my favorite. But my favorite founder to pull quotes from, I think, is Samuel Adams. And this is from him. No people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Um Man, do I think that's important to keep in mind. Um, lessons learned from Cain and the and the uh, fall of uh, the Sethian people. Um, I was listening to Ron Paul the other day, um, who's kind of a personal hero of mine, and he was commenting on this just a lot of this disgusting uh, red flag garbage that you guys have heard so much about. This Taps Law, which I'm not sure if that's passed yet or not but you can bet your bottom dollar that will pass this will become a reality for us um the first amendment the second amendment the fourth amendment the fifth amendment you can pretty much kiss those goodbye in my humble opinion um for the most part and uh, ron paul commented that this this pretty much this naked threat um that if you uh if you uh, the, the government, the feds are going to call you a terrorist if you don't believe everything that they say, if you don't, if, if you openly speak out that they're lying about this, that or the other, that you're now a terrorist, um, that they can come and confiscate your weapons for any reason without any justifiable cause. Um, this is a sign, in his opinion, that we are near the empire's collapse. And listening to him talk about the American empire reminded me a lot of a guy who had a, had a great deal to do with my kind of waking up, a man named Stephen Pratt. Um, he talks a lot of the uh, coming empirical collapse of this nation. But take heart because, um, I, yeah, I mean, maybe the status quo might collapse, the currency, the fiat currency, the kingdom of corruption, as I like to call it. Yeah, it it's got to collapse sooner or later. Uh, such things always do. But that doesn't mean that uh, all is lost because so long as there's a handful of us that cling to these uh, timeless principles, as long as there's a handful of us that don't that don't become debauched, that don't come down, kind of reminds me. <clears throat> I got to share a personal thing because this has become such an important part. And I would recommend that this was, and I think I actually kind of pirated this from a guy named John, by the way, and or somewhere like that. But every morning, my, my two sons and I, um, I, I feed them colloidal silver. Um, very, very important for health in this world, especially with the Ebola or who knows what the heck's coming, right? Um, much better than a vaccination, in my opinion. But every morning we take our colloidal silver and we, 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 
swish a, a, a cap full of that back, and then we do what we call our war cry. And we talk about Leahontai, which is a Book of Mormon character who eventually came down and was killed by a corrupt, power, power-hungry uh, guy named Amaron. So um, we do a little thing. I'm not going to share my the war cry that my sons and I do because, frankly, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but it works for us. We do our little war cry. We pound our chest and say we're not going to come down, and then we swallow our silver. Um I think it's important to, to teach the upcoming generation um, such things because they're not going to get it anywhere else. Um, I think it's really important that we talk about science like we do. I know we didn't talk a ton about science today, but things like the, the microwaves that we're just, we're just told that the CIA says that these x-rays are safe. And so don't worry about the fact that they're penetrating your body. 5G, aluminum everywhere and vaccines sprayed throughout the sky, et cetera, et cetera. Fluoride in the water. Um, these things are important to teach the young people. Um, they're not going to get it anywhere else. And I was um, he- hearing Ron, Ron Paul talk about this. It just kind of even even drove home more to me how important it is that we uh, we cling to those uh, those what some might call tired old values of uh, starting each day on our knees and and looking to a because I know a story, right? And you guys know the story too. I know that one guy standing against the most powerful evil in the world, one guy named Moses, won, right? His people went free, and there's a there's a, a tribute to that event still coralizing at the bottom of the Red Sea. I know this this can happen, and it will happen for us. Um, the only thing left to be decided is what side are we going to choose, right? Um, as I listen to what happened in this. Uh, ancient civilization. I'm reminded I was kind of flipping through a few topics. I like to read something called the World Affairs Brief. A guy named Joel Skousen puts it out every week, and it's something I like to kind of peruse through. And I just look at these headlines. Um, For example, Attorney General Barr declines to prosecute Comey despite IG findings. You guys know what a bunch of corruption that is, right? Um, Why Brexit won't happen. This one really gets me. Islamic State weapons in in Yemen trace back to the United States. Um, The biggest uh, embassy in the the world is the embassy in Baghdad, and through this embassy comes all kinds of weapon to create the boogeyman that we pretend to fight so we can keep perpetual war going. You know what? Satan's philosophy hasn't changed all that much from the days of Cain to the day today, right? Um, Protecting his ability to create money, wealth, power. It really hasn't changed all that much. Um, And it's become abundantly clear to me that um, what we call the Justice Department, they're not really, uh, how do I put it nicely? I I don't want to get too out there, but when I when I see uh, take take the Bundys, look look what happened to to that good brother uh, Lavoy Finicum, right? Um, it's abundantly clear that this Justice Department is committed to uh, to persecuting and prosecuting the innocent in many cases, while letting evil, obviously guilty friends go free. Take this Comey. There's no question. I was like, come on, all the the Clintons, right? Um, well. This whole thing is as old as man. I guess that's the point of our story today. But we, uh, those of us that uh, are awake and, and paying attention, we're not going to be taken by surprise, right? Um, I want to put a shout out to those that are listening that are in the Salt Lake area to come out tomorrow 
to the uh, six o'clock at the healing field. It's a touching experience. I think Joe probably mentioned it on his show, but I, 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 I've been going to this for a long time. It is a somber, sober experience. Bring your kids and teach them. Teach them what really happened on that day. Teach them the nature of evil. Because um, I don't know about you guys, but I am. I don't. I don't intend on coming down. I will stand against evil, no matter who tells me to shut up. Um, and that's just. It's just a great teaching moment. It's touching to walk among, among those flags, to to read the short little blurb uh, about each person that died, the children that died. Um, it's a great experience. Um, come out and. Uh, Shake hands and we could visit. It'd be a great experience. How much time we got left, Brian? Two minutes. I uh, it's not quite long enough. I want to, uh, I guess, wrap up this. Um, oh, I've lost my page now. Um, it's important to be uh, to be vigilant. Um, I've I, I've honestly I've been a little bit troubled in some of the people that I've talked to. Um, um, this whole, I'm going to carry guns to church anyway. I've, I've, I, I have a, I do a lot of work in Houston and, uh, just talking to some of the people down there, uh, this red flag, they know me and they know I'm kind of a Liberty guy. And some of the things I hear people say makes me cringe a little bit, right? Um, yeah, I'm not ready. I mean, if I had guns, okay, let, let me, let me, let me say again, really clearly, if I have guns, which of course I don't, but if I had guns, um, I can't imagine the horror of, of actually picking up a firearm and pointing it at a human being and pointing and pulling the trigger. Um, I am a peaceful person. I can't even imagine. I have, I've often pondered what, what could bring me to such a place. I don't know that I could do it to save my own life. I think I could only pick up a firearm and shoot it at another human being to protect my family. Um, so, but these people that are just, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, take my firearm out of my cold, dead fingers. I get it. But can we be civil about it? Right. I mean, I, I'm committed to protect my family and my faith and my freedom, just like you. But let's um, let's be wise and not make more enemies than friends. And let's bring people to the light side and not try to imitate the dark side. So um, have a good weekend. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow at the 9-11. Um, don't forget to say your prayers and stay right with God. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.